哔哔哩，哔哩哩哩哩，哔哔哩，哔哩哩哩哩，哔哔哔，哔哩哔哩哩。This is the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I went to as kids. It's the place that we always went to as kids. And in the summer, you go to the lake. You have breakfast. You swim in the lake. You have hiking, fishing. I went to the Boundary Waters, and.、Uh, Caught a fish, and it was fun. <laughs> We went to to Horseshoe Lake one time. I remember catching walleye there on Horseshoe Lake. And you can do the route from Ram Lake back to Poplar with very little, with only a day pack, and you could do it in one day. Out on the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear 'em howling. You can hear 'em roar. Say, roll me, rock me in my dreams. Oh, roll me, rock me in my dreams. Welcome to episode sixty-one, WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. I'm Eric Dickus. I'm Josh Dix. I'm Joe Fredericks. And I'm Matthew Baxley. We are speaking to you from. The Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. It was no small feat getting out here today. Early, all woke up before dark, converged in the. What'd you call this part of the? I believe it's the Vento Unit. That's right.、Mm-hmm. We're in.、Uh, tell us about that. I don't know much other than it's the northeast chunk of the Boundary Waters. It's kind of separated off from the rest of the Gunflin area. We pretty much met. At the entry,、uh, after a fresh snowfall, and Josh came with a very important gift to us today. Josh, tell us your gift to getting us out here, please. We've got a snowmobile. Woohoo! To be clear, to get to the Boundary Waters line,、yes. not into the Boundary Waters. Yes. And. Could you please、uh, recount to us your experience of the hazards of the day, please? Well, I started driving on unplowed highways to get here. No kidding.、Uh, though you know, as usual, an inch or two of snow was predicted, so we're close to half a foot, <laughs> which is very normal <laughs> this winter.、Um, big drifts on 61 coming off the lake on the way here. Luckily, the Arrowhead was plowed coming up, so that was nice.、Mm-hmm. Um, the parking lot is packed, although the lake isn't too busy. So we're thinking maybe cabin owners on the lake, on unplowed roads, are parked there. But even finding a parking spot was interesting. And then、uh, the snowmobile ride for you know it's a combination of real deep snow and real deep slush. And the snow doesn't worry me too much, but the slush after a handful of trips back and forth was starting to get a little concerning. You know, we'd made a trip pulling out the gear, and one person, and then go back for another person, and back for another person, and each time the slush seemed to get a little deeper, and a little more concerning.、Um, but we made it, and you know, once you you put this much effort into it, you're gonna find a way.、Um, but man, it's it was a little hairy coming in. Oh, and my skis did not fit on my boots <laughs> because I tried them on a different pair of boots. Mistakenly, I had tried them first, but. So luckily, Eric here switched his snowshoes with my skis, so that we were still able to get through the deep snow.
Um, but man, once we got settled in, like any good trip, it, it all feels good. Um, it's a little windy and a little snowy, but <laughs> that's what we come here for. And Eric, you made the furthest trek to be on this trip. You've heard both Josh and Eric on the podcast before. Eric, tell us just a brief summary of your journey to be here. What all started when my dad wanted to make a trip up here, 2018, passed away, and I made it up here on my own. And ever since, every year, I've been coming up and can't wait to come up. I met Joe and Matthew uh, the first year I was up here, did a little podcast, and uh, ever since then, it's just been a magical place for me, like a just a place I need to go to reset, a place I want to go, clear my mind, leave all the chaos and the craziness in Omaha, where I'm from. It's like a 10-hour drive, and people ask me in town why I'd make this huge drive up here just to go to the canoe and go carry a backpacker. This time, first time, snowshoe or ski, because I got some skis today. That was awesome. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. And, uh, why would I come up here just to put all that work in to, for a vacation? And it is a vacation for me. Uh, I love it. I, I yearn for it. Every time I come up, every time I leave, I, I'm planning my trip back. Uh, first winter camping trip, went to Duncan, did a little fishing with Joe. Joe got me on a huge, huge lake trout. Joe caught, we caught about six or seven that day. And, uh, and today, Joe just ripped in a huge one uh, on Pine Lake again. And it's beautiful here. I'm watching the weather right now outside the tent, and it's getting pretty blowing, and the snow's blowing more. Look at these other people down there suffering in the breeze, and uh, it's a great trip so far. Well, Matthew, I think uh, what we have come to the conclusion of is that I need to get busy filleting a fish. But before we do that, perhaps we'll take a moment and I'll share some thoughts with you. If you'll oblige me. I certainly will, Joe. As I stood out on the snow, blowing horizontally down this wilderness lake, I heard cries for help. Deep and desperate cries for help. (laughs) Help! Somebody help! Help! No! Get here now! Were the calls that came out of this tiny clam twin hub one, blue in color. And as I came skiing up, Josh converged, Eric converged, I flung open the doors, and there's Joe, rod bent nearly to its breaking point. Lake trout. Lake trout took over. Took over the day, changed the day, pretty much changed my life. And here we are, the calm after the lake trout. When I say lake trout changed my life, I say that, of course, in a very lighthearted way after just landing this huge, huge fish. But I want to add a little more to that, Matthew, because there's there's something to what I'm saying when I say lake trout changed my life. I was in a very foul mood today. I've fallen through the ice 
I broke through a layer of slush up above my boot line, above my knee, up to about halfway up my thigh. And that changed the pace, the trajectory of the day. Josh was so kind to bring us across the entry lake, outside the wilderness, of course, to the wilderness line. We encountered severe slush um, that just put a layer of tension on everything and reduced our ambitions dramatically as far as where we wanted to go fish on this lake. And I realized that was happening as it was unfolding. I'm realizing we're not going to be able to make it to where we want to go. And I'm wet. Fortunately, it's about 23 degrees out right now, so I wasn't in immediate danger per se. Uh, Matthew had some spare socks and so forth. So anyway, things changed. The day changed. We're not fishing where I wanted to be. Things aren't going how I wanted it to be. And I just wasn't being very friendly or gracious to myself or anyone around me. And I thought I'd come in and record something for the podcast about how, you know what, not every day in the Boundary Waters is so great. And oftentimes, in fact, it's really not fun at all. And it's unpleasant. And we come on and we do 60 episodes that we've done now, 61 here. We've done 60 episodes about how great it is. And maybe it's time we do one about how sometimes it isn't so great. And I was really feeling that. I was in that space. I was there. And then I got to thinking, I've, I've been there before. I've been in that space before on, on good trips. And I didn't know what to make of it, other than just to say it like it is, that our trips aren't always all laughs and good times and fun and easy or even when we kind of celebrate the challenge and the cold that that's not always so great and now all of a sudden my rod doubles over and I'm just euphoric in an instant after we landed it I'm yelling at people through that process we land this fish and I'm immediately just the day is complete we're going to be able to give the fish as a gift to Josh or his family like unless he catches his own you know like the possibilities are endless now the whole thing is transformed. And that's where that's where I'm at now. Like that was this isn't a matter of like twelve minutes. So that's where I'm at, Matthew. I don't know. I haven't told you this before now, so I'm curious your thoughts about my foul my foul mood that was just permeating about the fishing camp today. Thank you, Joe. Actually, I think you touch on a reality that is very true, whether you go into the Boundary Waters once a year or once a month or once a week, is there are foul days. There are days where the weather is foul, where it all is miserable, and where you're not really having fun. (laughs) And, you know, maybe you do have a trip like that, and then maybe the next year is a great trip. Or maybe... You're out one week and it's foul, and the next week it's beautiful, or maybe it's foul, and then in a minute, everything changes. But no matter what, we don't get that euphoria without the despair. It's all part of being human, and we have to accept both, Mm -hmm. because both are part of being alive. We ride those waves, that 
surf them. And you surfed it from despair to euphoria, all with the massive slam of a lake trout. That's what keeps bringing you back. That's what keeps you alive. That's what I mean. That's why I say lake trout changed my life. That's just maybe a little more, you know, kind of a symbol of what I'm trying to say on a larger scale, you know. But, like, this place, the Boundary Waters, where there are lake trout, large ones, has given me that meaning, that purpose to come out here on a Sunday in February where I could just be grouchy at home or I could be grouchy doing other random things that aren't fulfilling. But I'm out here, and there's always this possibility. I mean, I think that's the great thing about fishing, is it's it's, it's full of possibility. It's the experience of being out here, you know, that whole thing too, but like, when you're fishing, anything could happen. And that's what happened out here today, Matthew. Like, the day, for me, personally, as an individual, changed instantly. And I owe that to fishing. I think without it, we'd have been skiing out here, snowshoeing, and sort of just stuck with the slush, and, like, that would have been the day and gone home. But now now I'm just feeling rejuvenated, and uh, I just am kind of trying to make a little more sense about why I was being so, so crabby and grouchy. We're running a few days now on trips, three days in a row now. We've been moving into boundary waters, camping, winter camping, coming in and out of, you know, we haven't been sleeping much. I'm working hard for days, so there's an element of crabbiness that sort of naturally comes out of something like that. And you, you also had a lot of expectations. wonder how that weighs into it. Like, this is a place. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take Josh. I'm going to take Eric. I'm going to take them into the place where there's big Lakers. I'm going you know, to deliver the goods, boys. Trust in me. We'll go out there, and there's a chance to get big lake trout. And then about before we even get to the wilderness line, or right as we're entering the wilderness, all of that, my whole vision, gone. The, you know, and it was just yeah. added on top of each other. Yeah, I mean, I think there is this very tangible point in your experience that the higher the expectation, it's like the higher the high, the bigger the fall. And I know you were really excited. Like, we almost didn't get out here today. And we talked about that earlier with Josh and Eric. And then we got out here and it was another disappointment. And they cr- they can bring you they can bring you crashing down. You know? You're a big feeler, Fredericks. <laughs> and you feel it all. We all do. Well, and it's to, it's not just fishing. It's being alive. You're right. It's everything. You're right. You know, and I was thinking too, Matthew, as I was sitting in here in the blue house, which we don't usually bring out on trips much. I'm so grateful that it's here today, but like that sitting in here by myself, changed my finally got my wet boot off and Matthew had an extra pair of socks, thanks thank goodness. And um we're able to you know, like sorry, we've got some people coming by camp here just uh making sure everything's cool. And uh so change changing my sock and boot and um thinking about how I wanted to go home grouchy. I wanted it to come with me. I wanted to go home. And I was probably going to be quiet in the vehicle on the drive home. I was going to be getting home, and starting up something in the oven. I'm probably going to go to bed about 8.30 tonight. I don't have anything else to say anyway. And when I get to work, 
on Monday. I'm not going to be in a very good mood. People better be understanding that I'm tired, crabby. I've been working hard, okay? All this stuff. You were having this conversation with yourself. It's all rolling through my. I'm envisioning this. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm wanting it almost. Like I'm planning this now. I'm. You're sinking into. Yeah. It. <laughs> right. You're like envisioning. You're envisioning the manifestation of your despair and your exhaustion. I will I will wallow, <laughs> and it will consume me. Yes. Yes. And and you know and uh, it's as it's. Is almost as real as my vision for coming out here and getting those lake trout. It was equally as, in my mind, real. That's how it was going to go. It's just such an interesting thing to be alive and be a person and have all these feelings and emotions and to feel them out here in the wilderness is particularly spectacular. Well, I haven't said it in a while, but the wilderness only reflects back to you what you bring it and she always pulls through. And you know what it did for me today? It gave me a it gave me an out. It gave me a chance to say, "Hey, we're going to pick you up today. We're going to bring you out of that." And how do you know, the wilderness higher powers. How how do we get how are we going to do that? Give them the lake trout. Bam! <laughs> this is the biggest lake trout I've pulled through the ice, I think. Hallelujah. <laughs> Another successful trip to the Boundary Waters. We encountered adversity. We encountered near tragedy. But at the end of the day, I see smiles on everyone's faces. (laughs) Lake trout dinner all around tonight. Different households all being fed by lake trout. Josh, what's your method of uh, cooking the lake trout in your estimation or assumption well you know a guy i went fishing with on duncan not so long ago recommended a very specific penzi spice blend yeah northwoods it is in my house now all right and we're using it yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> northwoods mix in the cast iron oh wow <laughs> delicious sounds good gentlemen i think we may have to do the same indeed northwoods penzi cast iron and uh some wild rice great. What a great day out here, Josh. Thanks for all your hard work making this possible. And uh, Eric for coming all the way up from Omaha. Yeah, same see the, time. Thank see you, the guys. boundaries and the boundary waters in the winter. I uh, just have to say that I did witness somebody take a snowmobile across open water today and uh, made me realize we, we were all of sound mind in our group. And. Yeah well prepared for our adversity and that on that side of the wilderness line where we were that's an okay place to be uh not to say the snowmobile wasn't very helpful to get us where we wanted to go today but uh essential yeah i kind of like it like it on that side it gets quieter the second you cross that line everything settles down and it's it's the right place to be. <laughs> Josh, I know you worked some 10-plus days straight in a row. <laughs> How was it for you today? How'd it feel? It's good. I mean, I was at work this morning, so I still <laughs> haven't gotten that day off yet. But uh, it's good to get out always, no matter how much work it takes to get out there. The second you finish the work and settle into the Boundary Waters, it always feels good. 
Okay. Probably makes it even nicer to go home to the family with lake trout. Yeah, I'll be sleeping well after that. <laughs> I think right. everybody's going to sleep well. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, thanks so much for getting out there with us. And uh, until we see you next time in the Boundary Waters. Oh, wait, we already have that part recorded. Love it. I like to sing when I paddle canoe. Singing, I'm feeling that the strokes are true. I'm going to get through to the other side. You look to Venus, you look to Mars. The seven sides on the northern stars and the deep dark blue. Come the northern lights. Oh, in the deep dark blue. Come the northern lights. cash in my throat it was a part of a, a croissant that I was eating that just sort of found itself tickling there so Joe it's for you